welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Haller, and I have a fellow podcaster, a longtime friend, and the host of the Top Advisor Podcast, Bill Cates. Bill, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you. Not Bill Gates, Bill Cates. Bill Cates, that's right. Thank God. Well, if you were Bill Cates, I'd probably get even more people listening to this, but you have been a fixture in our industry. And the super cool thing, man, is you've been interviewing all sorts of people for the Top Advisor podcast, and that's what we're going to focus on today. So we're going to get some of your greatest ideas, greatest hits, and we've categorized them in a couple of different areas. And I'm going to let you tee up the audience because we talked about why, like the first 90 days of a relationship and then niche, but let's see what percolates out of our conversation, if that's cool. Yeah, happy to. Well, let's start with this this why concept that you know everybody's talking about. Simon Sinek kind of made it famous, but although it's the the concept's been around forever, and there's different kinds of whys. And I interviewed Deidre Van Ness, who you know, for one of my episodes, and she's got a couple of different stories and whys that people tell. So I'll, I'll give you mine, and I'll give you a couple of examples. And and the short. Uh, Point I want to make is this it's not just the kind of a nice thing to do it actually turns into results I call it a client focused why and here's what I mean by this it, it it's actually your story it's it's why you believe in your value your emotional connection to your value if you will but what makes a client focused is that you're telling them that for a reason because it impacts how you serve them so let me give you a few examples. Uh, this is not an interview for my podcast, but it's an interview I did a, a long time ago with a gal out on the West Coast. And uh, Carol Upshur was, is her name. I wouldn't say was her name, is her name. And so what happened is uh, I talked about this concept at a webinar. She started to apply it and she sent me an email a few days later and says, hey, Bill, I've been doing this and I've gotten un eight unsolicited referrals just from sharing my why. And so I called her up, we talked about it. And what happened is before she became an advisor, she and her husband got some bad advice. They lost some money, they recouped, they're young. She becomes an advisor. And so here's what she does. She's with a prospect, brand new prospect. She'll say, you know, that's a little bit about what we do, how we do it. I want to shift gears just for a second and tell you a little bit about why I do this, what drives me every day. And she gives a little bit of that story and then she says, so what drives me, my mission is to make sure what happened to me or anything remotely like it never happens to anybody that I know or who I work with. And, and that's helped her earn more business. It's gotten her unsolicited referrals. So you can see how she then ties it back to them. It's not just why she believes in the work, but how it benefits them. So I'll give you a few other examples. Um, Tyson Vine, uh, episode 28. He's got a great why. He's got a video. A lot of folks I work with, I encourage them to put it on their video. And his was his his grandfather died prematurely, lost the family farm, didn't have proper financial estate planning, lost the farm. So he saw the downside of not having the right planning in place. His dad actually got into the business, 
uh, being a financial professional. His dad died a little young too. And now Tyson's a little worried, you know, is it in the genes? But he saw the other side of when proper planning was done. And so he brings that to bear on his clients. He's seen both. And he's got a nice video on his website. Uh, if you go to Tyson Story, T-Y-S-O-N-S-T-O-R-Y, Tyson Story, you can see his video. Let me give you two more examples. Um, uh, Dennis O'Keefe, Dennis, his, his niche is with Verizon employees. And he's been working with Verizon employees for 25 years. He jokes with them that he could retire on their defined benefit plan or 401k, you know, had he actually been working with them. But what happened is his why is that even while he was an advisor, he helped people navigate into a successful retirement. But when he saw his dad go through it, and the angst that his dad had that he didn't always see from his clients as close up as his dad revealed, where's the money going to come from? Which bucket do I have enough? All of that. That became his why in helping Verizon employees navigate into a successful retirement. He's got his video at the bottom of his website. The last one, uh, this shows you how you can actually win clients with this. So Tim Van Houten, part of a group I was coaching, working on the why, couldn't figure out what his why was, finally figured it out, couldn't couldn't see how to use it, finally figured that out. And his why essentially is why he went independent and because he wanted to do everything that was exactly right for his clients and where he was, you know, his quota of the day, deal of the day, stock, mutual fund of the day, whatever, right? And he didn't like that. It was kind of old school stuff. And so he's sitting down with two sisters who are interviewing a few advisors and he says, let me tell you, you know, why I've gone independent, why I made that decision so I can just do what's best for my clients, da, da, da. And the one woman said, that's it. That's what we went in here. And within a week, they brought a million and a half dollars uh, to him under management. And he actually won the new client by sharing his why. So uh, this will make you more referable. This will help you win more business because it makes you real. There's a lot of talk about authenticity these days in our industry. And there's a reason for it because that's what people want. And the younger generation particularly wants that, which is another conversation we could tap into later about reaching into a, getting your book to get a little younger. Um, but in any event, that's, that's the why, the client-focused why. It's a great strategy. And I encourage people to do it. If people are struggling to come up with that, do you, do you have a couple of questions that you might be able to give our audience today to have them start percolating on this so that they can come yeah, up with that story? Yeah, yeah. And some people do struggle with it a little bit until we just examine. So I look a little bit at the trajectory of their business and why they've made certain decisions, why they're with the firm they're with. And if they moved firms, why did they do that? What was behind that? If they went independent, why that? Uh, if they went from one wirehouse to the next, why that? And so sometimes that comes up. Uh, it's sometimes it's something that happened to them or a family member or a friend before they got into the business. A lot of times these guys and gals are sitting on these stories, these kind of personal stories that they're not sure if they should tell them because they're, they're personal and a little bit self-revealing. However, Think about this. If, if you want to earn the right to influence someone's current and future financial life, not only do you have to be credible and know what you're doing, but they need to trust you. They need to like you a little bit. And that's where that comes in. And it makes a big difference. 
Uh, it could be why they're still in the business after all these years and why they believe what they're doing now is more important than ever before. Sometimes the why you have to wait a little and it, and it comes from something you've seen with one or two of your clients. And that's, that's where the aha kicked in and go, wow, this really is important work. Because a lot of folks, when they start this business, intellectually, they get it. But until they really see the impact delivering a death benefit check or seeing how someone was just investing their money just totally wrong and they shifted, right? Those sorts of things are, create that aha moment and that becomes a story. And usually this is a story and it should be a story, a very short story, not a long story, <laughs> um, a couple minutes maybe at the most. And you can have different versions, two different lengths. Uh, and when folks come up with their why and their story, what I encourage them to do is to practice on some of the clients who love them because that's your, you know, they love you. It's, you know, they're, they're your fans, they're your advocates even in some cases and say, Hey, I'm working on this. I don't think I ever told you why I got started or why I believe in this value. Can I share it? And, and what it, what I believe it, it helps me bring to my clients and why it's important to them for them to know this. And they go, yeah, sure. Tell us. And, oh, we never knew that about you. And so it, it builds, it makes every relationship just a little bit stronger. Speaking of building relationships, the other thing that you've been talking a lot about is the first 60 to 90 days of a client relationship. And when I was a coach and a consultant, we used to call it the 90 day wow, so that they were huge fans and they were going to refer to us immediately. What have you been hearing about that first 90 days? Yeah, I'll give you three specific examples from my podcast. Uh, the first one is uh, Brian Sweet, episode number five, one of the early ones. Uh, he actually calls it the 90 day dazzle. Now he doesn't tell his clients, we're going to dazzle you for 90 days that probably setting himself up for uh, missed expectations if he does that. And his team has a checklist and there's two components to this. There's how do we keep adding a little value? How do we teach about other things we do? Uh, how do we, you know, we look, looking through your statement the first month or two when it arrives, kind of value-oriented things, and then also some personal connection things. Probably the biggest piece of it is he calls a vision board. You've probably heard that, vision board, dream board. Old farts like me used to be go to magazines and cut out pictures and Elmer's glue and paste it on some uh, poster board, and we got this dream board. But if the dream changed, then <laughs> we had new new board. Now, digitally, of course, you can just do it however you want. Uh, imagine this, uh, and not all clients want to do this with him, but most of them do. And a lot of them get referred to him because of this, because of this first 90 day process that he puts them through. You're getting people to, to picture, to visualize what they want, what they want to have, who they want to be, where they want to travel, all of that. And that you really get to know someone in that process. They get to know themselves in that process. And of course, money intersects all aspects of one's life. So it also turns into possible work that you can do to help them. So that's what Brian does. Uh, Rod Gibbings, episode 16. Uh, Rod's in Vancouver, north of Vancouver, Canada. And he has what he calls a transition navigator. And that's his name. I didn't give him that name. But here's what happened. We're talking about the wow, 90-day wow, 90-day dazzle. And he took it a little bit differently when I was talking to him. He says, you know... I do like the idea of creating this wow factor, but what I've realized is when people become a client, whether they're doing a financial plan, transferring assets, whether you know going into underwriting for an insurance policy, 
there's a few weeks sometimes uh, of a little bit of angst, a little bit of uncertainty. Yeah. Is the money going to transfer as easily as, you know, can I really trust this guy or gal and all that? And so he really ups his contact in that first few weeks. Uh, a lot of no news is good news kind of emails and phone calls, to these folks, just to keep them feeling okay, that they made the right decision. He says, when you treat your clients like goal, when, when, when they can see you're really on top of things, then you become very referable. And he's gotten a lot of referrals early on uh, in these new relationships. See, it's a mistaken assumption that advisors, uh, some advisors carry around with them that, you know, it's got to be six months or a year before I've become referable. I haven't made them any money yet or whatever. You know, they haven't died and cashed in their policy yet. So they don't see the value of the life insurance, right? So, but that's not true. The truth is you can bring a lot of great value very, very quickly. The last one I'll give you, it's kind of fun one. This is uh, Lester Matlock, uh, episode number three, early on again, as I was doing this. And rather than the vision board or dream board, he talks about their client's bucket list. So real quick story, it's a fun story. Uh, he always wanted to be a bartender. That was on his bucket list, 10 bar. So his wife said, well, Esther wants you 10 bar at a, a client appreciation event. This is before COVID, obviously. And so all the clients came to this event. They knew this was his bucket list item that he was going to be tending bar. You know, they they gave him a hard time. He, by the way, he practiced. He had a, a one client had a, owns a restaurant. And he practiced as a bartender a couple of nights, you know, to get ready and realized he never really wanted to be a bartender. Um, <laughs> but, but they all brought a bucket list item with them and they wrote them on the board and the shared bucket list. And it became the whole theme for the night. And since then, that's become one of the sub themes of his entire practice of what's on your bucket list. What are some things you want to make sure you, you know, you do let's, let's fund them if we need to fund them. Maybe I know some people can help you get there. Maybe I just encourage you to do it, whatever it may be. And so it, it starts in the onboarding, but it actually stays throughout the entire relationships. And he's helped people create things and do things and accomplish things that they might not have done had they not told him. And so, you know, that's a, that's a real relationship builder right there. I, I love that. I love the, and, and as a therapist, we used to call it, uh, you know, emotional anchor. So, so when we could tie an, an event or something to a sensory experience or, or, I mean, just, we just knew that your probability of completing whatever you were working on is, is exponentially greater. And that's why, you know, Brian Sweet's vision board is so good. The bucket lists are so fantastic, especially if you can make them either tangible or visually stimulating. Uh, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. All right. So, so there's, there's number two, uh, number three. Now I'm sure, you know, this, we talk about niches or niches all the time on this show, but I wanted to have you talk about what you're seeing in the trenches on the ground for advisors, not only who you interview, but who you coach. So let's talk about niches. Well, we could do a lot on that, but I'll give you some examples. And uh, first of all, let me tell you what stops people from doing it. Cause this is not a new topic. Everybody's heard about this, right? And some listeners probably doing it. So what stops people is two things. One is, uh, what about my current clients? If I start to focus on, oops, I hit my microphone, sorry. If I start to focus on people in this industry or people who work for this company, what about my current clients? Are they going to feel left out? What do I do with them? I said, well, nobody says you have to stop serving them, first of all. Sometimes they know people in, in this new group that you're trying to serve 
It's not instead of you, I'm going to work here. It's no, in addition to you, I'm going to work here. And some some folks will actually use it to scale their business. Eventually, they will go full force into the niche and they might hire a junior or, or another advisor to take on some of their legacy clients. That's how you scale your business. The other uh, fear, mistaken assumption, I guess, is if I just focus on these folks, then I'm going to miss a lot of opportunity. And actually, that's true. Yeah, you will miss other opportunity, but you're going to be so successful, you won't even care. You won't even notice. It won't even matter. Talk to anybody who's done this and done it well. They're going to tell you they wish they had done it before. So um, what are the types of niches, niches, target markets? I'll give you a few. So uh, one very uh, prevalent one is employees in a large company. Yep. Like Verizon, like you were saying like, earlier. Like Verizon. Like I just interviewed a guy for the podcast, hasn't gone live yet. Todd Gillingham, it may be live by the time you see this, and uh, 3M in, in Minneapolis, been a huge part of his business, uh, uh, very successful multi-million dollar producer. Jeremy Kyle in Milwaukee, Harley Davidson, oh, let's see, Luke Wiley in Cincinnati, Procter & Gamble, Don Hilario, Google, and he calls them, and Google, people who work for Google, by the way, call themselves uh, Googlers. And they have kind of their own language of what they call meetings and all this stuff. And so what happens when you target a market, of course, is you know their world better. You're a better advisor for them. You know their benefits package, you know, better than the HR department. A lot of these guys I've talked to actually consult with the HR department to keep them up to speed. And everything's more relevant, more powerful. So that's one type of market. Another type of market is small business owners in a particular industry. So uh, Adam Schmela, who who uh, was my episode number, I don't know, 18, I think, optometrists around the country, national practice, optometrists. He was doing all Zoom meetings before the, before the pandemic. Todd McDonald, here's his niche, you ready? Closely held, family-owned, heavy construction companies. His clients build roads, bridges, commercial buildings, runways, uh, he is the guy in that industry. He's got hard hats with his logo on it. He has a lot of fun with it. And he's got a home in Albany. He's got a home in Florida. He's got boats and boats. You know, he's doing very well. And uh, it's because he knows their world so well that he's actually a better advisor. It's not a gimmick. It's not a trick. It actually, you actually become better for these people. And your messaging is more relevant to these people. It, it, the, the key word here in marketing and sales, all right, is empathy. People love it when they can kind of see themselves in how we talk about what we do. And when we narrow our focus, we expand our results because people can see themselves in our messaging. And there's that little bit of commonality that people love. And, and that, that can be the reason why people move over. There's some differentiators that will attract someone's attention, but might not be the, you know, the difference between them working with you. But when you target a niche market, sometimes that is the difference. They want to work with someone who focuses, who specializes in, in them and the type of work they do. So that's a couple of examples. Yeah, no, those are fantastic. I've, I've got a couple of quick to add. A guy named Reese, who I interviewed recently, uh, he uh, he actually focuses on dentists who are buying practices. So so the cool thing about it is, is you can really get as laser focused a, as you want. 
in, in fact, as you just said, the more laser focused, you know, if you're the, the Googlers, right, you know, you know, their language, you understand not just their benefits package, but what they do in their business. People want to work with people that they like and have things in common with. But, you know, that's just that's the reality of the situation. All right. So uh, as we're uh, kind of getting close to the end here. What else are you hearing, though? I mean, you meet with advisors. You're you're in a very different situation than I am. I don't interact with as many advisors as you do. What else are you hearing? What are you hearing are some of the biggest concerns, some of their biggest wins, or what are people bringing to the sage Bill Cates uh, for wisdom? <laughs> well, uh, gee, gosh, a um, couple, couple thoughts here. First of all, when people come to me, what and what most people who are already doing pretty well in this business and maybe not even doing pretty well, they just want to meet more of the right clients, right? As efficiently as possible. I, I'm, I'm coaching one guy. He's got a billion under management. He just says, I said, you know, what is, what is someone at your level? Well, he says, I just want the most efficient way to meet the right people. That's all. That's what I want. And my own advisor, Aaron, the same thing. And so, I mean, that's obviously why I teach referrals, introductions, target marketing, all the various things that I teach, because that's what I help people do is meet more of the right people in the most efficient manner, because it's the way people want to meet them. You know, when I, when I talk to advisors who are doing a lot with LinkedIn and social media and all that stuff, yeah, they're getting a few clients here and there, you know, and, and yet their best clients are still coming through referrals or introductions. I'll tell you a couple of trends. <clears throat> there's there's a, a, certainly a lot of folks moving towards and already in working with women. We'll call it a target market. It's a little different than a real market, but nonetheless, it, it's very viable. I've just did a couple of, of um, episodes on, on, on that and why it's a great market. A lot of money being transferred. The, the women tend to outlive the men. So eventually the decision-making is in the women's hands. And why most advisors lose the women is because they didn't pay attention to the woman if the guy was the lead. It's not always. I mean, I work with one guy who they work with men and women, but it's it's couples where the woman tends to be the lead, taking the lead in the financial decisions, which is another kind of subset of the women's market. So that's that's a big one. And I'll, the other is, is work going towards younger clients. So we know that, you know, <clears throat> in most cases, there are exceptions for someone to have worked long enough to accumulate the assets that an advisor is interested in. They have a half a million, they have a million, they have multi-millions, whatever it is, right, tend to be older clients. And of course, eventually the older clients start to give the money away to their kids and grandkids. They start to draw it down. They're decumulating, uh, maybe not as profitable to the advisor. So they need to start getting some fresh blood. We know there's going to be a huge transfer of money to the millennials. It's already happening. And um, so we know that's going on and we want to be there when it happens. And we also know that, you know, by the way, millennials are changing. You know, it they used to, the the talk about millennials used to be oh, they can't hold on to a job, they change jobs too quickly, da, 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 da. having kids later. And it's true, uh, they did bounce around and they tend to have children later and buy the house later. However, what's happened as they're doing those quote unquote adult decisions, having children, getting married, buying a home their behavior has changed as well. And so they start to behave in a, in a little more conservative way. 
although technology is still an important part for them. But anyway, the whole idea of going younger, bringing some new blood, and think of it this way too. If you're thinking of getting out of the business someday, you want to be able to sell your practice. If all you have is a bunch of retired clients or clients who are about to retire and they're going to get into that decumulation stage and there's no younger up and coming accumulators, good assets in your practice, then your practice isn't going to be worth as much. And so when you're bringing the young blood in there and, and you see you have, and, and whoever's interested sees that you not only have relationships with the older clients, but you have relationships with their children and perhaps the grandchildren that that lineage is going to be there. There's a good relationships. Then your, your practice becomes more attractive as well. Absolutely. And there's some really great techniques on how to begin that conversation. So there's two things that I want to add to that. Uh, number one, the forgotten generation is still the forgotten generation. There is a whole generation between boomers and millennials who are making crap tons of money that no advisor is talking to, which is Generation X. Fiercely entrepreneurial, fiercely independent, but still know that they want to have help because they know they don't know everything. Uh, so there's number one. Number two, you know, I was just interviewing Julie um, Johnson, who's a coach and a consultant in our industry. And she said that uh, that 80% of women will solely be in charge of their finances, where it's like 20% of men, right? And so, you know, understanding that you have to have that that focus uh, is, is fantastic. And then finally, I love the multi-generational thing. Now you talked about referrals, which is still the way that everybody wants to grow. And we support that a million percent here at Proudmouth, but there has been a technological difference. So somebody says, Hey, you need to go ahead and work with Bill. He's a great guy. I absolutely love him. What those people are going to do is they're immediately going to start finding as much social proof to support their friend saying that you should work with Bill, which is why having a good social media profile. And unless you ask those questions, when you get that referral, hey, instead of saying, how did you hear about us? Right. Which is a good question. Well, you know, you know Matt told me about you. OK, great. You should say. What research did you do on us after you got the referral? And now, Bill, now we've got the social proof and there's, oh my God, well, I, I heard you at a podcast or I watched five videos or man, I've been following you on Twitter for eight years that, oh my gosh. And now we're starting to quantify something that most advisors don't ever try to quantify. Uh, you need a, you need a good website, at least a website that's not going to hurt you. And you do need to pre <laughs> be present to some degree, certainly on LinkedIn, and, and some other things. And, and you're right. I actually, I was uh, talking to a guy today who was interested in my coaching. And I actually asked that question, Matt, I didn't even realize I was doing what you teach, but I asked him, you know, first of all, how, how, how have you learned of me? How did you know about me? And yada, yeah, I heard you on a webinar or whatever. I said, what if, what research have you done or what parts of my website have you visited? So I know kind of, where you are, what context you have for this call. And uh, in this case, he hadn't done much, but he could have. And so either way, I'm more prepared to know. You know, they, Brett, Bill, I've read every one of your books. Uh, you oh, know, you're on the one. Webinars, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those are the sorts of things that I think are really fantastic. And, and as we wrap things up and before I, I let you uh, kind of direct people to where you want to go, I want to do a brief commercial about you. So number one, we're going to have uh, links in our show notes. You need to listen to Bill's podcast. It is one of the best out there. And in fact, from a numbers perspective, your growth has been exponential and we absolutely love it. You are just doing a great job. So please listen to the top advisor podcast. So there's number one, number two, 
Bill actually put a referral-based course into the PodRocket Influence Academy. So if you want to know more about what he teaches, it's in our academy, and you can take that course, which is a great primer to either hire him, buy his books, or go ahead and continue to consume his thought leadership. So with that, Bill, where can people reach out to you? Who's, who should reach out to you? And what do you want people to do after hearing today's show? I'm right here. Just reach right through the screen. And <laughs> Annapolis, Maryland, come join me on a boat. Actually, I just have friends with boats. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the website is referralcoach.com. Uh, a lot of free resources, referralcoach.com forward slash resources. And we have a free guide. If you're interested, it kind of puts all the work we've done together, a nice little tight guide, but I think you'll find very helpful. It's exponentialgrowthguide.com, exponentialgrowthguide.com. So there's a few places to get into my world. And please make sure that you're subscribing to his podcast and you're following him on social and you will see him at many, many conferences and on many webinars because he is an amazing speaker. Bill Cates, as always, my friend, it is a pleasure to have you on the show and I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate being here. All right, everybody, if you have not subscribed, make sure that you do. Please join the Pod Rocket Academy. It is free for you to join. All you have to do is go to proudmouth.com and click on the little thing that says Pod Rocket Academy. Uh, and last but not least, for Bill and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.